Okay, welcome to our 20th um, podcast of Renew Your Mind. Uh, with us today, Paul Grunberg, our senior pastor at First United Methodist Church of Gaylord, and Pastor Jordan Chambers, our pastor of family, uh, responsible for family and youth. Um, so we are on the topic of apologetics, and um, Pastor Jordan, if you want to refresh our memory as to exactly what that is. Yeah, you at home, say with me, defending the truth. It's very simple. It's knowing what the truth is, reading the scriptures, studying it out, and then proving it to be shown so that we can tell other people what it is and we can uh, build up our, our own faith as well. You know, I, I'm going to throw a curveball in here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you said defending the scriptures. How yeah. can I know that the scriptures are true? Oh, see, that's an apologetic in all of it yeah. itself. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, shoot, these were written Thousands. lots of years ago. Yeah. Thousands. Lots of years. Why can I, why should I trust them? Well, let me ask you, do you believe in George Washington? Absolutely. Do you believe in Napoleon Bonaparte? Okay. That yeah. he existed and, yeah. and went yeah. to Russia and did all them things. Okay. Do you believe in Julius Caesar? I see where you're going. Okay. So here's the thing. The historical data we have for all those people is less than what we have for the scriptures. Did you know that? That we have more support for the authenticity and for the accuracy specifically of the scriptures than we do for even Julius Caesar or or even for Pericles or Homer. You think of the Iliad and all these works. There's there's a couple of copies of Homer's Iliad that are anywhere close, you know, within a few hundred years. I think it was 623, yeah. and they were actually written about 1,400 years exactly. later. Exactly. Yeah, that's a long way removed. Them. Yeah, there that- are thousands, <laughs> thousands of copies. And and by the way, you, 5, you'll hear this. Was it six hundred nine or nine hundred six? It's in there. Yeah, <laughs> there. You'll hear this argument, and and Bart Ehrman is probably the the champion of this argument mm-hmm. that there are contradictions in the scriptures that are irreconcilable and make them uh, spiritually untrue, historically somewhat inaccurate. Mm-hmm. The contradictions that are in scripture are not contradictions. They are there. There are spelling errors. Okay, you'll get quite a few of those, but sure. most of those can be reconciled when you get enough copies and say, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be spelled. Right, right. Uh, there are different viewpoints. In other words, the same miracle recorded with different viewpoints. However, yeah. none of them are so contradictory that they cannot be simultaneously true. For instance, the, the tomb uh, story where mm-hmm. one does not include the women, one does. Well, it could just be that one author didn't talk, tell us about the women. <laughs> Doesn't mean that they weren't there because they're not giving part. the entire aspect. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of this you have to understand back in ancient biography styles and things like that. Also, uh, the the miracles and the parables and all the events that are in the Gospels, they don't line up chronologically, and people will use that as a point to say, well. The, the, either this event is supposed to have happened several times or they misplaced where it's supposed to be. But actually, if you look back at ancient biographies, they didn't write them chronologically. They wrote them in order of importance. So mm. historians would write mm. events that they felt were most important at the beginning, and it didn't necessarily happen to be the first one. So like we say the first miracle is Jesus at Cana. Right, the, the water into the, wine. Really, the best way to say it is that's the first one recorded. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's possible... That you know he did other miracles. In fact, it's I would say even likely that he did other miracles 
before that. But that's just the first one we get a glimpse at uh, scripturally. I think that was a pretty impressive miracle myself. Yeah, that happens to be Water, a pretty neat one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, and I'm just going to quit there because you can go down that road so far. Well, I want to add one thing. I okay. mean, what impressed me about that statement is that it is the most, how did you say it, the most cited, and that was a day and age where writing, not everyone could write. Oh, yeah, oral <laughs> tradition reigned in that day. Right. But it wasn't completely oral tradition. So there's a couple of things about our culture that we just translate into other cultures, right? And we're, because mm-hmm. we're such a written culture, mm-hmm. information age, we've got libraries, uh, all over the place on our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, they did have libraries, but they would have them in centrally located areas. The biggest one back then was Alexandria, right. uh, and they would have a vast culmination of works that you could go and read. Mm-hmm. At that time, they still wrote letters. They still corresponded through writing. They just didn't do it as much. And they didn't rely on writing as much because it was much more difficult to get the resources and you didn't sure. have the Pony Express. No, you know, so, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they would have to do everything by hand. And you imagine, you know, sending a messenger, if, you know, from Thessalonica all the way over to, you know, Rome or something mm-hmm. like that. They had to go a long way just to deliver one little letter, a few pages. So, you know, it, it, was, it was not like, um, it's not like today. However... There were uh, traditions, you mentioned this in a previous sermon, where there were occupations dedicated to making copies. They were the Xeroxers. Called scribes, <laughs> yes. yeah. And all the apostles, if not most of them, used them. We know Paul did. We know Peter did. We know John did. Uh, as far as they would dictate what they were saying, mm-hmm. someone would write it down, and sometimes Paul wrote his own hand, uh, according mm-hmm. to some certain spots. But... Um, they would dictate what they wrote down, and that person would then write down probably more than one copy, send it to the the appropriate people. Like in Revelation, John is sending letters to seven churches. He's at an age and probably a situation where it would be very difficult for him to write anything down. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's got someone there who can write down seven copies of what he's doing at least to send it to each church that it's addressed to. So it would be pretty foolish of us to just say, well, they just did only talking back then. No, no, no. They wrote a lot of things down. They did. They just, they wrote it on things that were not designed to last for forever. Mm -hmm. They wrote it in things that were designed for personal effect, not for mass publishing. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have the resources that we have to, you know, to recreate and to do all these other things with their writings. But we still have writings that are as close as 200 years. And that's pretty darn close. In fact, less than 200, more like 150. Uh, that's pretty darn close. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, when you consider going back to Homer's Iliad being one of the most, what they consider the most faithful copies, is 1,400 years from the time of the original writing to the closest known available, what they call manuscripts. Yeah. And when we look at uh, Jordan saying the scribes, that wasn't something that just happened 2,000 years ago. That happened 3,500 years sure. ago Yes. at the time of Moses. No, yeah. 3,500? That's too far. Mm-mm. No. It happened 1,000 a, a BC would be David. That's right, 3,500. 
And at that point in time, in the Jewish nation, as it was forming, these scribes began their occupation, Mm -hmm. and that's all they did. So they continually, letter for letter, word for word, copied faithfully the scriptures of the Old Testament, and it just continued into the New Testament Mm -hmm. because the Christians were Jewish by Mm -hmm. nature, and so the scribes continued to be an important part. And when uh, Jordan says the many manuscripts, there were 5,906 manuscripts or portions of the New Testament that existed as far back as about 150 to 200 years after the time of Christ. And if you consider the Latin Vulgate, which is just a Latinized version of the original Greek, they have 10,000 manuscripts. Yeah. And oh, then wow. when you consider other manuscripts in other languages from that time, it's like 24,000 total manuscripts. And the next closest is Homer's Iliad, which has 643, I think, mm-hmm. something in that nature. All of a sudden, you you consider Homer's Iliad to be just this complete rendition, and yet you've got so much more of uh, what the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, give to us today. And then the other thing you mentioned when you were talking about, do you believe in George Washington? We're talking historical fact. Now, we read the Bible as a spiritual guide, as a story of God's relationship with us, God continually reaching out to us to be in a relationship with us, but you could also read the Bible historically. Mm-hmm. It's a historical document. Mm-hmm. There are parts of the Bible dedicated to just history. That's right. Yeah. So even in letters, we will read Jefferson's letters or we'll read Washington or Lincoln's letters today. That's right. And that gives us a clue to what actually was going on historically, mm-hmm. even though it might be a personal letter. Mm-hmm. And this is the exact same thing as we read these letters of of the apostles to various people groups, we're learning what it is that God was doing. We're learning about what it meant to be in relationship with God, who Jesus was and how important Jesus was, Mm -hmm. which then gets us into this whole uh, discussion about the defense of the uh, scriptures or defense of the gospels, apologetics. Mm -hmm. How you rely on it. And I'm just going to say this. Yeah. You can go down this road again so far and i would encourage you to because this is this is where some people fail and fall away is they lose faith in the reliability of scripture and then they start changing what parts of scripture they believe in and then they just start mm-hmm. losing their faith in general it's a slippery slope there's a lot of support and there are some big names if you're listening right now and you've got more questions and you want to know more about this you can contact us go to our church website uh, uh Gaylord First United Methodist Church Michigan, I forget which one it is. <laughs> Go to our website. It's 989 7325380. Yeah, call our number. We will get you resources. Uh, we don't want you to go without knowing uh, the, the that our faith is founded on evidence. So we have strength to on what we're reliability. saying. Yes, so absolutely. And we can take it for more than what others, you know, if we believe that. Again, Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon saying vidi, vidi, vici. We can believe with even more confidence, thousands of more confidences, that Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
So uh, you you at home, you're listening, and you want to learn more about the Bible and its trustworthiness, give us a call or contact us or email us or get on the website. Get in touch with us. We'll get you stuff. I promise. I think that's a great a great place to end. Um, just one uh, quick announcement about um, something that would help a person who's very interested in, in learning more about that. Um, one of the programs that we're going to have is um, to read a Bible in a year, and I'll let Pastor Paul explain a little bit more about that. So a part of this whole idea of defending the gospel, you first have to, or defending the Bible, you first have to know it. And one of the challenges for anybody is reading the whole Bible in a year. And so what we want to do is we want to provide a copy of what's called the one-year Bible, in which case it has an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a proverb, and a psalm every day. So that when you get to the Old Testament law and you're like trying to make it through, you've got some really cool New Testament stuff you can read. But the idea, the strength of this, what we're going to do next year is to read the one-year Bible together. And we'll have the ability to have some small groups that will be able to help answer questions as they pop up, as I know they will. I mean, I've read through the one-year Bible probably, I'm going to say, half a dozen times um, over the last 20 years, just because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And every time I read through the Bible, there's something new to learn. That's right. And it is just incredible how God speaks to me and to many Christians around the world when you're faithful to read that and when you're looking for God to speak to you. Mm-hmm. God is alive. God is actively pursuing you. All you need to do is turn your head and look in his direction mm. and see that God is good, that God desires that relationship with you, that God doesn't want you to be separated from him for, for all eternity and that God will provide all the assurances you need in the Bible, in the life of Christ, in all that you need uh, so that you can be a defender of the faith. This is all about helping to defend your faith. And to do that well, you really need to find a like-minded group of people. So we're going to do that next year. Uh, We've got some exciting things coming up in Advent. Uh, We're going to look at some Uh, Christmas carols, the beauty of Christmas carols. And then at the end of the year, we're going to have a service dedicated to the stories of 2020. And friends, we've had some wonderful experiences in the last year. Even in the midst of COVID, uh, we've had some heart-pounding answers to to prayer that will just blow your mind. And that will be on the last Sunday of the year. Uh, I think that's the 27th. That's great. Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. If you um, would like to join us in person, we have a traditional service at 9 a.m. on Sundays and a contemporary at 1045 a.m. We're located at 215 South Center. And uh, call us anytime at 989-732-5380. Thanks for joining us today. <music>